guys welcome back to another episode of socal watch reviews i am miguel this is episode number four sorry i haven't uh, put out an episode uh last week i've just been super super busy my little boy started school for the first time he's four years old and it's been a challenge to say the least he's never been in any kind of uh school or uh in company of any other kids really aside from the park my wife has always been taking care of them so it's been an adjustment for sure for uh, for the whole family so it's been it's been difficult but anyways thank you so much for the support i've seen some uh great growth on this podcast and i do appreciate that if you want to know a little bit about me and, and the whole watch collecting and how i started go back to episode one take a listen I talk a little bit about myself, about my life, and yeah, thank you so much for joining me once more. I am going to be having a host for probably the next episode, uh, and we're going to be discussing different things, so stay tuned for that. But in this episode, I just wanted to discuss some of the new releases. This week has just been crazy. Actually, this week, last week's been crazy. Uh, Everybody coming out with releases and watch news about watches being discontinued. There's a lot to cover. I know there's a ton of different uh, podcasts out there. Uh, Of course, Scottish Watches, my boys over there have been listening to them for a while. 10 and 2, uh, 2 Broke Watch Knobs, and most recently, 40 and 20. Uh, Awesome uh, watch podcast, and uh, kudos to those guys. I really do enjoy the content that they are putting out. And uh, yeah, so uh, kudos to all you guys. And yeah, let's get into this. So first, I really want to talk about something that hit home hard for me, and that's going to be the discontinuation of the Seiko SKX. As many of you know, or maybe don't know, I have a fascination with Seiko. Seiko was one of those first brands that when I really started watch collecting, spoke to me, and I actually picked up an SKX as my first mechanical watch and I still have it I, I, I adore that watch of course it has a lot of uh, a lot of flaws it's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination but the design is just so different to me it just speaks in a level that no other watch has really come close to uh, to doing of course I'm saying that from uh, from a perspective of somebody that's never owned an Audemars Piguet or a, a more expensive piece, right? So I'm more talking in the affordable range. I mean, it's just it just packs so much punch. I know the movement is very old, 7S26. I talked about that before. You can't hand wind it. You can't hack it. Uh, but it's a workhorse nonetheless. I, I, I've had some issues with mine, though. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I did have some issues with mine. It, it stopped running for a little bit, but... Uh, it, it started working I think it was something loose in the rotor so I I fixed it and, and it worked fine but uh, more so I know the design has been around for many years 20 plus years so it definitely hurts at discontinuing that watch but I am excited for the future uh, I know there's a lot of talk a lot of speculation that obviously the new Seiko 5 release with the 27 models is gonna be the replacement of that watch but I don't necessarily think that's true because if that was true, they wouldn't call it a Seiko 5, and it would be uh, not very smart of Seiko to downgrade the movement. I mean, not the movement, but the the, the water resistance and the ISO ice, ISO uh, rating, and it, it just it just doesn't make sense. So I think what they're going to do is what they've been doing. They're probably going to release the SKX as a Prospex 
uh, on their prospects line and uh, maybe they will upgrade the movement to the 4R movement. Uh, that would be pretty cool. The only unfortunate part knowing Seiko, they'll probably increase the price uh, and it won't be an affordable $200 uh, dive watch. Maybe it'll be $500. Uh, which will be okay if they upgrade, uh, like I said, the movement, maybe uh, the crystal, give it a nice sapphire crystal and a better um, bracelet. Now, speaking about the bracelet or of the bracelet, that Jubilee that it comes with, it's, oh my God, it's so cheap. I mean, those end links folded on mine. I don't even know how or why, maybe because I take it off or I used to take that bracelet off so much and change straps on it all the time that the... The little endlings are just folded metal and uh, what started happening is started uh, the, the metal I guess opened up enough where it was rubbing against the lugs and started scratching it up so I took it off of course now I have it on a Uncle Seiko strap and it made a huge difference but I would really want them to upgrade that uh, and yeah the movement the the crystal the bracelet and I definitely think it could be a, a good contender for a 500 uh, 500 or sub $500 watch uh, but yeah for them to just discontinue that watch I just don't see it to be honest with you it just uh, I don't know I, I, I might be uh, I might be wrong and, and I, I don't know I really don't know what to tell you uh, now of course a lot of talk has been uh, in the forums and on YouTube I know some Instagram posts about now that it's being discontinued, is it going to be worth a lot of money? And of course, we, you know, everybody knows that it, it probably won't anytime soon just because there's probably millions of those guys floating around and it, it just, it just doesn't make sense. I, I, although I did see some scalpers or some people trying to take advantage of other people online and trying to sell them for a little bit more, maybe in the $300 range. Uh, but I would say just wait, you know, if you don't own one, I would definitely suggest that you wait. And there's going to be definitely uh, some opportunities out there to pick one up. And to be quite honest with you, for that kind of money, if, if you're not in love with the SKX and you just want to pick it up because of the hype, then don't do it. There is definitely better watches out there with better movements and better specs. So I would suggest to uh, just save your money. However, if you do want to pick one up, just let the dust settle a little bit. And after this whole commotion um, comes down a little bit, then pick one up. Um, like I said, there's tons of places you could pick them up or you could pick one up uh, pre-owned and, and get yourself a nice little deal there. Now, switching gears here, uh, I, I, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I, I felt uh, my initial reaction was kind of anger. And I'll tell you what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that Bell and Ross release. They call it the BR05. Now, don't get me wrong, the actual case, I mean, obviously it looks like a typical Bell & Ross watch with that square case. It's, it's very uh, reminiscent of Bell & Ross, right? I mean, you can't, you can't argue that they came out with a pretty cool case uh, design that when you see it, you immediately know that it's them. So, uh, you know, no issue with the, with the case whatsoever. However, what I do have an issue with is some of the integrated braces that they came out with. I mean, it just looks so much like a Patek Nautilus. And uh, that's one of the episodes that I'm going to be collaborating with, uh, with P. Ross. And it's going to be homage watches. And to me, I just particularly do not like them. And that's why I hate it on that watch. Because they're trying to jump on that uh, bandwagon of something being a hype beast, right? And everybody wants to pick it up. 
Uh, in their website, they basically say that it's a 70s era inspired watch. Well, yeah, Genta came out, you know, in those times with the Royal Oak and, of course, Nautilus. But uh, I don't know what these guys are doing. Obviously, like I said, they're just jumping on that bandwagon of, uh, hey, let's it's popular and, and people love it. And let, let's try to mimic that and make some money. I know that they have several different models. I think they can have two uh, that you could choose from. They do have limited selections on some of their skeleton versions, and the price ranges from I think forty four hundred, and then if you get into the rose gold, you're looking at thirty two thousand five hundred. That's pretty insane. I mean, I mean, for a Bell and Ross watch to cost that much money, you'd be crazy to buy that. Uh, to be honest with you, especially because it doesn't come with a um, you know in house movement. It just comes with a Solita SW three hundred, of course. They did some pretty cool modifications to that uh, to that movement. In essence, it's an ETA 2892, and uh, it is used in most other uh, BNR watches. But they did did customize it pretty cool, uh, it, and it does feature some uh, pretty cool uh, rotor and uh, some other finishings in the back. Uh, I do like the display case back, but like I said, I mean, it, the, the main issue really is the bracelet because I saw them on the rubber strap and some different straps. It actually didn't look so bad. It was mostly that um, bracelet that reminded me of that Patek, and it just, I, I don't appreciate that. It's like, be original, especially if you're coming out with something new, and, and it just, everybody knows about watches, you know? You, you get it every, that's why everybody's clowning on you online, on Instagram, they're calling it the the Royal Ross or the Patek something or you're just trying to be something that you're not and you should just embrace your own personality right not personality but your own aesthetic and what made you famous which is that square case and stop trying to pretend to be somebody that you're not also if you're charging that kind of money uh, how is it that you're only giving us a hundred meter water resistance I mean that's kind of crazy the, the sizing's not too bad I know it comes in at 40 millimeters and it's not thick at all. It's uh, 10 millimeters or 10.4 millimeters thick. So that's not a bad. Uh, it's not a bad watch. I mean, overall, uh, would I buy one? The answer is no. And I'm not really a big Bell and Ross fan. That square case just doesn't necessarily speak to me. I do like rectangular watches. I don't own one. Uh, more think of like Cartier or the JLC Reversal. I, I I definitely like those. I don't think I could pull them off because it's very very dressy and I hardly get dressed up I mean I don't wear a suit ever unless it's like a special occasion so anyways I don't know how you guys feel about that Bell and Ross but to me it's more like a cash grab to be honest with you it's just non-original so they took uh, a design that's already out there and it just doesn't make any sense so I, I don't I don't necessarily like that uh, so that's my take on that Bell and Ross, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I, I No hate on it. I mean, it's, it's just really that. My, my main gripe is that that bracelet and the price point, of course, for that more expensive rose gold version, it just doesn't make any sense. But uh, hey, if you have the money and you like it and you love it, go for it. I'm not going to tell you what to buy and what not to buy. It's just my personal opinion, right? Uh, it, another company that was very, very disappointing to see was Omega. I mean, Omega, uh, I love those guys. One of my first high-end watches was an Omega Seamaster. And it was a vintage uh, Omega Seamaster. I think it was from the 60s. It was a 69, and it had a manual wine um, caliber in it, and it had the, the seconds at the bottom. So it was very clean aesthetic, very elegant. 
and I, I love Omega obviously I, I own an Omega Speedmaster and it's one of my favorite watches but when they came out with that new uh, titanium watch I mean it was just uh, very disappointing to see not so much the design because I think it was super super cool that uh, they're coming out with uh, with different things like that crown I think it's a push crown where it's more for it's, it's a sporty watch right it's supposed to be for sports but the price on that guy it's ridiculous it's like almost 50 grand uh, there's nothing special about it I mean yeah it's titanium and yeah you came out with a pretty cool design and by the way that's a Seamaster Aquaterra ultralight that's what they call it I just I don't know I don't know what's up with you Omega no, there's nothing special about it I mean to be honest with you it for a $50,000 watch, I, ju I just don't see it. And to be honest with you, if it was uh, maybe sub $10,000, I could see it. Uh, but at, for that price point, I just don't see it. So I, I didn't really look too much into it. It was just wasn't very attractive to me, to be honest with you. It's not a bad looking watch, but it, it's not very attractive, especially at that price point. That price point is just ridiculous, right? But speaking of titanium of course our boys over at Oris came out with the big crown pro pilot x and oh my goodness i fell in love with that thing i typically don't like skeleton watches uh the most i like is a display case back like my sarv 033 has that nice display case back featuring that 6r15 movement and i stare at that thing all day uh, usually when i'm working at my desk I take my watch off and I put it on top of a pile of uh, papers that I have and I, I never have the dial facing me I have the back facing me because I love staring at that little uh, that little movement and just it just something about it that captures my my heart and and just makes me very happy it's the small things in life sometimes that make you happy guys <laughs> in this case it's a 6r15 movement all right but uh, no Oris came out with this really really cool titanium watch uh, it, apparently it took about 10 years to create it. It does have an in-house movement and uh, the, the movement that it houses is the caliber 115 and it's crazy. I mean this thing features a 10-day power reserve. That is insane. I would love to see other companies doing something like that, especially with automatic watches. I mean it gets to the point where uh, where you want a little bit more out of your watch and that's why a lot of times uh, when I know I'm on the go I, I have a G-Shock that I could just pick up and know that that's gonna be working right I don't have time to whine you I don't have time to be setting the time so to think that this guy is gonna have a 10-day uh, power reserve that is insane not only that something very exciting about this watch and this is just a slap in Omega's face is that uh, the price I think uh, US is gonna be retailing for like 7,600 bucks. I'm sure you could probably pick it up for less. Uh, but yeah, this thing is insane, guys. It's uh, If you haven't seen it already, uh, go to their website. Go uh, definitely uh, check it out. I think it, you could definitely uh, order it now. And uh, yeah, no, it's, it's such a beautiful, beautiful design. I mean, it has a skeleton uh, uh, front display uh, and a skeleton um, display case back featuring that manual wine movement and in the front of course you have your little power reserve uh, indicator and this is the hour hand uh, and the minute hand and the seconds hand as well well actually the seconds hand has a little sub dial so this thing is just impressive to say the least this is such a beautiful beautiful watch and uh, 
I don't know what it is about it, but I just I just love it. So yeah, it has 240 hours of uh, power reserve, and uh, I don't know I don't know how to describe it, but this thing is just amazing. If you go to their website, they definitely do have some really nice uh, macro shots on this guy, and it's just uh, incredible. I just really really do like it. And then the cool thing about it, uh, since it is kind of a pilot, you know, inspired watch. One of the cool things is if you turn it around, it has uh, the clasp in order to open it. Uh, it actually says lift. So if you really look at it, it kind of reminds you of the uh, a seatbelt of, of an airplane, right? Where it says lift. So once you lift it, it's very clever. It's just very clever to me when I when I saw that it was super super cool. And then the front, the kind of around the the dial, you could see something that's inspired, sorry, inspired by a turbine. So it's super cool to see. Is just it's just a beautiful watch. I don't think I could ever pick it up because I don't have that kind of money. But I would definitely love to see one in the metal. That would be extremely extremely cool. Um, and uh, the only downfall of this watch. Uh, is the size it is 44 millimeters but you know what I wear my Bulova watch the precision is on that thing I think it's like 48 millimeters I mean it fits me so big and it looks kind of funny but um, but I wear it I wear it and I don't care I don't care if wearing a 33 millimeter watch or a big piece like that it just as long as you have confidence and as long as you love it that's all that really matters right so and this thing also has a sapphire uh, dome crystal both on both sides on the front on the back it's anti-reflective uh, so that's super cool um, and like I said it, it is titanium and uh, look with 22 millimeters of water resistance 10 bar well, that's a little disappointing but you know for the price point and the way that it looks I definitely will let it slide through uh, let it fly and like I said once I see one in person I am pretty sure I'll fall in love even more with it it does come in two options I, I know it comes with this really cool uh, bracelet which is made out of uh, titanium it's a multi-piece titanium metal bracelet with a folding class uh, however it does uh, come on a strap as well and according to their website it comes with a wooden presentation box and a certificate yay <laughs> so no this thing is awesome guys go check it out go to Oris or go to Instagram and uh, you can check it out uh, I know there's some YouTube reviews already uh, and um, yeah Horology House I think uh, put out a video and it is super awesome I mean his macro shots are incredible so beautiful beautiful watch so going from one titanium from Omega which was a huge disappointing to Oris and Oris is just killing it. I love what they're doing. I remember when I started watch collecting uh, and I used to look up Oris, people would be like, yeah, they're an okay watch brand. They're kind of like, you know, bottom tier. And, and I think they still are because of the pricing, but with stuff like this, the things that they're releasing, oh God, and, and the Oris uh, Diver 65, the, the one that they did with Houdinki, oh man, that was so beautiful. Like seriously, I that's one of the watches that I, that I definitely have on my radar one of those uh, divers they're just so beautiful I, I know it's an entry-level Swiss I don't care I mean for me it, it's just about aesthetic right and I respect Oris as a brand and I've, they've been around for for such a long time and uh, yeah I, I, I hope I could pick one up uh, you know I don't know when but uh, if I could pick uh, this one up the the 
uh, the pro pilot i would love that but i don't know uh so anyways uh, switching gears to another company that that's been super cool and really killing it is zodiac zodiac has definitely been uh killing it and they've been putting out a bunch of uh, limited editions, right? I know on Instagram something that was huge was that astrographic. Uh, they came out with different, like a gold one, like a silver one. And if you go to their website, they're actually all sold out. My personal take on that, I didn't really like it because I don't like the case. It reminded me of one of those rattle watches. I forget the model, but it, it looks very similar to this kind of egg shape model. Uh, however, the cool little feature about these is well several things one of the things was that uh that retro style to it and also that floating uh the floating hands that was super cool i really really liked that it was a 40 millimeter watch and yeah it wasn't crazy uh crazily priced it was i think in the 1200 yeah 1295 so the so not too bad i mean zodiac is definitely killing it i know some people get turned off because it's owned by fossil but you know what guys zodiac has such a great history uh i mean that seawolf was it's just amazing go on ebay check them out and, and uh yeah they're they're definitely uh still out there and these reissues are just beautiful i mean they're they're the super seawolf i mean you can pick one up for 1200 bucks uh brand new so it's not bad it's not a bad deal at all and i know today they just announced and this is uh september 6th so today they just announced a limited release with a liberty london and it's uh it's for their their watch that they uh, well it's based off of the uh, zo9404 super seawolf it's pretty cool if you go to the to the to the website libertylondon.com and it's a, it's a limited edition uh, super seawolf it the bezel is black with purple it's super cool i i really do dig it uh i don't like the pricing though uh it's gonna be twenty five hundred dollars it does it, it, they, they're only making 30. they're only making 30 of these so chances are uh, they probably sold out already i don't know it's a pre-order type thing but yeah they probably already sold out but uh yeah zodiac is definitely uh killing it out there and i i would love to pick one of these up as well but I think I would prefer picking up an Horus first. Uh, I mean, Zodiac is pretty cool. I definitely do like them. And something cool about this limited edition that they're uh, doing is that you're actually able to inscribe something on the on the back. It says customizable upper and lower case engraving up to 17 characters, uh, including spaces and numbers. So that's pretty cool. Uh, definitely, if you pick one up and you have your initials of the name of your kid or kids, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's definitely a really cool heirloom to say, hey, there was only 30 of these made and I, I put your name on it or, or my wedding day or, or whatever it is. And um, yeah, that's such a such a cool um, uh, memento, right, to, to kind of put out. Uh, so yeah, that, that's the, kind of the stuff that I've, that I've seen around there that really caught my attention. I know there's other companies uh, coming out with... Uh, different watches and it's pretty cool it's pretty cool to see people kind of competing and and putting out the things out there and it, it's kind of sad to see uh players like rolex just kind of sit on their laurels and uh they just you know that they have so much hype around them and people are so uh i don't know i i guess fighting to to get their watches and they want them and and believe me i'm one of those guys that if i had the opportunity to pick up a batman um i would in a heartbeat 
but I don't have the money. And to be honest with you, I give more kudos to companies like Oris, like Zodiac, that are actually just working towards putting out uh, different things out there. You know, even if it's a, a, a release of something they had in the past or, or if it is something new, kind of like Oris, I really respect that. I, I respect um, a company being uh, innovative and, and, and just doing something different. And I don't know, something about Rolex is just always... It's always turned me off. I, I would love to own one, but it just turns me off the fact that they just, they're the big dogs and they know that everybody's pretty much eating from the palm of their hand and I just don't don't really appreciate that. And, uh, <coughs> oh, sorry, speaking of um, of Rolex, I know there was uh, some YouTube uh, live stream and I kind of jumped, uh, <laughs> jumped on the comment section and all they kept talking about was Rolex and Rolex and Rolex and I just basically commented you know, Rolex, 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 and I think they 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 understood because I wasn't the only one. Other people were just kind of tired about Rolex and Rolex and Rolex, and we're like, look, the, just the, the watch world is so big. We could talk about so many different brands out there, and for you guys to just be focused on Rolex is pretty pretty boring to say the least. I mean, there's so many other companies with so many different variations of watches and different things, and they bring so much to the table. Why are we not discussing that? Why is everybody so hung up on this Rolex thing and that's kind of what's turning me off and uh, I would love to own one but to be honest with you just with everything going on I don't know the, the more the time passes by it's, it's just uh, a bit of a turn off uh, to be quite frank with you uh, now I know what you guys are thinking I'm probably a Rolex hater and I can assure you that I am not although I've spoken bad about them in the past I truly do respect them I guess it's just all the hype around it and it's mostly the audience that I don't respect not so much the company uh, as a whole I, I do like Rolex uh, to be fair and um, not so much other companies but Rolex I, I do have a, a, an appreciation for them but yeah guys so that pretty much wraps it up uh, one little piece of information that I just want to put out there I know it's been rumored that a new Seiko Alpinus is coming out in 2020 I just got a word of that via Seiya Japan and it's a blog and they're actually going to be releasing it in three color variations it's going to be the green dial of course uh, the beloved green dial the white dial and a black dial uh, and they're going to be priced in the $700 range it is going to have an upgraded moving movement it used to have the 6R15 movement with a 50R power reserve now it's going to come with a 6R35 movement which has 70 hour power reserve so how do I feel about this uh, I don't know what Seiko's thinking they, they really want to price themselves a little bit higher they maybe want to compete with say Oris right they want to be in that uh, category of luxury and, and I get it but it, it's kind of sad because Seiko has always been that affordable brand that people could just come in and, and get an automatic movement for very cheap and kind of going back to the 27 models of the um, of the new release of the Seiko 5s that look like the uh, SKX if you look at the price point on that that's not a hundred bucks they're selling for like high 200s or three hundred dollars that is not an entry-level watch so for this new uh, Alpinist to be in that kind of category seven hundred plus dollars that's that's just a little insane when you could still pick up on eBay and, and Amazon the green one the green Alpinist for like 450 or 500 bucks so I don't know how I feel about that. I, I, like I said, I 
you go from loving a brand to not liking a brand, and it's just kind of crazy. I don't know who makes their business decisions over there, but I, but I see what they're doing. I mean, I I, I respect it, but as a, as a hobbyist, I kind of... I'm, I'm kind of hating on it because it's like, hey, you're getting more and more expensive in the future. If I want to afford a Seiko watch, now I have to cuff out maybe a thousand dollars. And I'm, I'm at the end of the day, I'm wearing a Seiko. Like people don't look at that brand and think, hey, that's that's an expensive brand. They look at a Seiko and say, oh, okay, that's an affordable piece. It's almost like if uh, I'll give you a perfect example. We were actually shopping uh, a few months ago, my wife and I, for a new vehicle. And uh, we were we've driven or been driving a Lexus uh, truck SUV for quite a while. We we definitely do like them. Uh, we like the reliability. We like the luxury uh, portion of it. And you kind of get um, uh, spoiled, right? So we're like, you know what? Let's be smart with our money. Let's get rid of that and maybe get like a Honda, right? Because I, I, I me being a car guy, I've had seven Honda CRXs. I've had hatchbacks. So for you guys that know about cars, the EG, the EK, um, I've had the coupes as well, EM1, uh, and yeah, they, they were all fixed up. S2000s, of course, had uh, several of those as well. And as a car guy, I was like, you know what? Let me go back to my roots. Let me go back to Honda. That's that's I'm a Honda boy, at, you know, at heart. Uh, I'm becoming too bougie with this uh, with this Lexus uh, brand. So we went to the dealership, and holy smokes, the prices of those Honda. I think it was a Pilot. It was just crazy. It was almost priced like the like a Lexus vehicle, almost like an SUV. I mean, a few thousand dollars less, but it wasn't too far off. And then when we drove it and we got in it. The quality just wasn't there. We knew what it, what quality it feels like, and my wife and I looked at each other and we're like, "No, this is this is just not happening." And it's funny because the sales guy right there, uh, he, he was a terrible salesperson. I'm sorry, but uh, as a salesperson, you're supposed to defend your brand. You're supposed to sell your brand. And in fact, the moment we showed up with our with our Lexus truck. He's like, so how can I help you guys? And we told him our idea, and immediately he's like, I think that's a bad idea. You guys are driving a Lexus. You're gonna downgrade to a Honda. We're like, well, look, we're trying to be more, more, uh, more cautious with our money and trying to save and this and that. And he was like, okay, well, we'll take you for a test drive. He did, and and long story short, we hated it. We're like, I don't know what happened to Honda. Uh, the fact that they have that quality, which is okay for a certain price point, but the fact that they have that same quality and they're trying to increase the price because they're trying to level themselves out with a Lexus is just not happening because on the street, I'm sorry, uh, if you live here in the U.S., you see somebody with a Lexus or with a Honda, you're definitely going to know that the Lexus is more expensive just automatically. So what I'm getting at is if you have, uh, say, for instance, a Swiss brand versus a Seiko and they cost the same, the public's perception is that that Seiko costs a lot less when in reality what Seiko's trying to do is just up the price. I see what they're doing, though. I mean, they are putting a better movement um, in the watch, but does that justify that much uh, of an increase? I don't really know. But anyways, that's probably a topic for, for another day, talking about uh, value and and about the reality about companies and the perception that they want. Uh, so we could talk about that later. But for now, I, I kind of want to wrap up with that. And I, I really want to thank uh, everybody still listening, if you're still with me. I like to keep my episodes uh, less than an hour long, uh, unless I have a co-host. Uh, and earlier I said next week we're going to have a host. We're actually going to have a co-host. Uh, and, and we're going to talk about homage, homage watches. And I'm probably going to sound like a douche. I'm probably going to sound like a snob. 
and you guys know me you guys that follow me on YouTube you know that I am not a snob I hate snobs but there is something about homage watches that really rubs me the wrong way uh, and, and I'll talk about it we'll, we'll give some examples and I, I think it's gonna be a really really fun episode so anyways guys thank you so much for making it to the end of my podcast uh, episode number four if, if for all of you guys that want to check me out on YouTube just type in SoCal watch reviews like I said we don't have a lot of subs but with your help I know we could get to our uh, thousand subscriber mark it it really, really does help. And not only that, I, I really appreciate it, guys. So anyways, uh, thank you so much. I will come uh, back to you, I promise, in a week with another episode. And as always, my friends, stay humble.